the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I was standing over in the studio talking to my producer, Heidi, and I said, you know, Heidi, I can tell you one place I'm not going to move to. I said, I'm not moving to New Orleans. New Orleans got a big old bullseye painted on them. I mean, they this is what, their third uh, hurricane over the last two years that the wind speed has been over or at 150 miles an hour? Yeah. I'm just wondering if the building code has changed very much over there. I sure hope it has. Yeah. You know, although what I've been hearing from damages is roofs blowing off and trees blowing over. And did you hear what Entrygy told the people down there in New Orleans? I'll be a while. <laughs> they said three weeks in most instances to get your power back. Mm-hmm. And that's in, that's just, I'm sorry. I know there's a lot of people who don't disagree with me. That's ridiculous. You tell me, I mean, look, my problem is I was in the military and you had SOPs for everything. SOP is a standard, standard operating, operating procedure. procedure. Yeah. And you sat down and you said, what would we do if a uh, aircraft carrier uh, blew up on the shoreline of uh, Mozambique somewhere, <laughs> you know, and, and you know what you're going to do. You to, always have contingency To take plans. care of it. Yeah. And uh, that's not. I don't, you know, if I'm Entergy, I'm sitting there thinking, what, what, what did we, what did we do this last time, and what can we do better the next time, and be ready to do it. Yep. And it doesn't look like that's the case. I, I feel sorry for, you know, the people from Entergy that right now may be on the road heading down that way because they're going to be helping them there in Louisiana and in Mississippi. Because Mississippi took a pretty good whipping again, too. And then you got to think about the COVID issue as well. Yeah, you know? they said that people that have been hurt, they're going to have a hard place, a hard time placing them anywhere. They're going to have to move them maybe out of state to a hospital. Well, they said uh, something that if if you have a nine one one call, like for you need an ambulance or a fire truck, it ain't coming. Don't look for one down the road. Well, I think we have a lot of advanced warning these days, and the people that live in the areas that are low lying, and the people down there. I, I mean, I have sympathy for leave, them, but you know? but yeah, in some instances, it's best to go to the in laws' house. I mean, I know that's a terrible thing to have to do, but uh, in some instances, it might be best to get out. So it's not just up to the government to to have contingency plans, you know, standard. No, you need to do it for yourself. I'm sure. Yeah, I agree. Individual responsibility for that. Well, imagine that individual responsibility. Uh, We don't have a government to protect us from ourselves. That's right. 
we're supposed to protect ourselves from ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and stuff. Thomas, uh, he said this back in the 1600s that everybody's responsible for their own choices. Okay. But they also are responsible and, and accountable for the results or the, the, uh, the, of their actions of those choices. In other words, they, they have to be accountable to those choices that they make. Well, i tell you what, that can can get complicated. You know, I was at a meeting uh, last week, and I was just sitting by a legislator, and he said, should the government tell businesses that uh, they can't require their employees to get the COVID shot? And I said, well, man, I'm going to have to think about that one. But you get to thinking about it. You think about the Second Amendment. It says, our right shall not be infringed. I think that goes to our personal medical decisions also. Is it the government's job to give us that freedom? Is it the business's job to give us that freedom? Or do we have any inherent freedom on our own? Well, it's kind of like this. If I don't want to get, if I'm a woman and I don't want to get raped, right? Do I have a choice? Right? It's my body, right? (laughs) The other thing is that uh, I'm wondering if, uh, if anybody's ever thought about this. If if you don't if 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 you don't want the jab, that's your choice. If a company asks you to, uh, you're going to have to get the jab, or you're going to get fired. I don't think a lot of these companies have looked under 29 CFR section 17, I believe it is, that actually says that if if you make it part of the uh, the requirement as a as a condition of employment. You can get sued. Well, there's there is such thing as personal freedom, and we do not need the government to give it to us because some freedoms are inherent and given to us from God, and I think our own personal medical freedom is one of them. Uh, well, the bottom line is our government is not supposed to give us our freedom; it's supposed to protect our rights. Well, thank and you very much. That's a, that's well put. Well put. So it's a bad question to ask. Is it the government's job to tell our employers that they can't require people to take a shot? It's just a bad question mm-hmm. because it's inherently wrong to even to even think that way. It's always going to go south on you. That's exactly. The only problem is that the Supreme Court has ruled against uh, what we're saying and, and how we feel about it. Mm-hmm. You know, that um, I, I can't remember who the preacher was. But, uh, you know, he took on uh, one of the New England states in Massachusetts, uh, took on one of their cities, and he lost. And they and the Supreme Court ruled that the government has the right to uh, do, make people do certain things if it will protect the greater good. That sounds like socialism. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the, <laughs> the issue is that you just you made one statement there that isn't right. The government doesn't have rights. It doesn't have rights. People have rights. Individuals have rights. The government doesn't have any rights. Well, then I should have said it this way. They said that the gentleman did not have the right, the authority, to mm-hmm. take not take the shot. Right. Uh, at that time, they had a a huge. Uh, oh, what was it? I'm trying to think what it is. What was it that we treated the, the blankets were treated with and given to the Indian smallpox? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a big smallpox outbreak, and 
at that point and the reason it ended up in in front of the supreme court and uh, the reason it did is because that people were told they had to be inoculated and they were going to their homes and the police were taking them if necessary forcibly to be inoculated and they said that that was uh, against of course constitutionally was not um, legal and the uh, supreme court and one of the supreme court justices he wasn't the chief but at that time but oliver wendell holmes which you know if you ask any conservative who was the greatest justice ever on the supreme court they're going to name oliver wendell holmes and uh, he agreed he agreed with the supreme court but he's also the one who said that the uh, uh the constitution was not a suicide pact i mean you know there's there's a lot of things to discuss with with that particular uh issue there's people that fall on one side there's people that fall on the the other side of it and at that moment the uh, supreme court ruled that the uh, the government could require you to be inoculated you know the supreme court can, is faultless it's, it's not faultless as well no the supreme I know that. court can be just like the abortion issue you know we talk about that so you know in my i mean opinion, look at Judge scott i mean we can look at that too i mean there's a lot of different things i will say that they've gotten wrong however until they reverse it it's law yeah what bothers me is is the kangaroo courts in this country we have uh, i have a, a friend that's up in uh, alaska right now that was arrested over just uh a made-up charges right now he was practicing his uh his constitutional right it, it's a constitutional carry state up there he's uh right now he's uh uh he's been arrested and they got him for terrorist terroristic threatening for carrying a gun in a constitutionally carry uh carry state he uh he is uh uh he has got documents upon documents of the corruption that was that's uh, that's gone through the judiciary in in Alaska right now and so they basically shut him off and they arrested him and put him in jail. Now he doesn't have any way to speak to anybody. I talked to him last night on the phone. He's 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 despair. His uh, two daughters are trying to raise money to try to get him out. You know, this is in Alaska. Him. This is in Alaska. Well, Alaska is a very pro, you know, Second Amendment state. Yes, it is. But th- because he is, he's got. Uh, he's actually has. He's called everybody up there in that judiciary. Uh, breaking their own laws and and breaking the constitution and uh and he's he's got documents to prove all of it but they won't even allow him to get to his documents and won't allow him to present his evidence in any courtroom up there that's that's sad that's really sad yeah well what's what's happening to him is what they know that they can do to a lot of people most people don't have the money that the federal government has or the state government has to protect themselves from lawless prosecution. And they just run people until they're bankrupt. The same thing with uh, uh, weaponizing departments. We've seen some of that Mm -hmm. in the past. As uh, everybody said, you better be quiet because the government's going to get you. The IRS is going to come and knock on your, you know. Every department is <laughs> politicized. Every one, uh-huh. every one of them. And if you if you call them out, then then you know they, why it we, gets worse. Why are we scared of our own government? 
That doesn't make sense. I'm not. We shouldn't be I'm scared not. of our own government. <laughs> we wouldn't be here this morning, would we? <laughs> Are you saying being on my show puts you at odds with the government? All right, no. seven, 17 minutes after 6 here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. we got to get our first break in. I want to remind you that at uh, 7.05, uh, Dr. Graver is going to be on with us, and she's going to be talking about the 1619 Project. Uh, debunking it she got a new book coming out a week from today and we're getting her on before she even releases the book to talk about this because i've been talking about 1619 for months Mm -hmm. and then uh, lowry uh uh, state representative lowry got in front of some committees of our state government and i thought they would say you can't teach that in our school system and that's not what they said they said yeah you can you know you can make up your own mind and your own school system and it's my belief that if what your te- if the school system is teaching something that's erroneous uh you need to get your kids out of the school system yeah i mean you need to get them out of public school systems all right we'll come back we'll talk about all that that's coming up at 705 you won't want to miss that segment uh do you have questions about filing for social security if you do Get the answers in a simple, easy-to-understand booklet called Your Guide to Social Security. It's from David Lucas Financial in North Little Rock. Uh, the 27-page booklet outlines what you need to know. Uh, it can help you get even more income when you do file for Social Security. So if you're within five years of filing for Social Security, get this free booklet now by calling 501 222 3315. As a bonus, you receive a free customized social security analysis. It's about worth about a thousand dollars. And it pinpoints the optimal time to wring every nickel out of your benefits. Pick up the phone, call now, 501-222-3315. 501-222-3315. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. I just happened to look up and I saw Heidi had her hand up in the air, ready to point at me. <laughs> All right, and I don't. I hey, I don't dare not start talking. I'm just telling you. Anyway, uh, I was just talking about a movie. I don't know if you've ever seen. I was. Here's what got into it. All right, did you see the picture over the weekend of the president as the bodies were brought back to Dover? That's where all the bodies come, and uh, they were bringing the thirteen. Uh, well, 12 Marines, one Navy corpsman off the plane. And it's not a fast deal, all right? It's slow. Uh, it, it's what it's what you call a, kind of a slow march where you got each branch of the service has somebody that's there and they're on the coffin carrying it, bring it down the ramp. And you got the American flag on the coffin. And... Uh, they do a slow march down that uh, that ramp as they bring him. And the president's checking his watch. Yeah. It kind of bothered me when I saw it. But anyway, uh, there's the movie. The movie's called Taking Chance. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. I don't know if you'll find I It was an HBO movie, so it may be on HBO Max. You might be able to get it. Uh I will warn you, when you watch it, have some tissues available. I'm just telling you. Taking have chance. some tissues, yeah. Taking chances. 
it, there is a, an officer or an NCO that is assigned to take that body from when it leaves where it is coming from. I've been on one of those details. To Dover and then from Dover to wherever the final destination is. And in this case, I think it was in Montana. And um, Kevin Bacon plays the part of the guy that's taking the body all the way home. Hard to watch. Yeah, it is. It's hard to be there. I've I've to uh, escort a friend of mine, uh, escort his body back to to uh, Rockford, Illinois. Yeah, and it's it's pretty choking. Well, it people, you up. if you've never been, you may not have ever had it happen. But if you're on a plane that they're transporting the body, mm-hmm. you sit on the tarmac, and everybody is asked to stay seated while they remove the remains from the aircraft. Right. And uh, you you could look out your window and you you'd see all the dignitaries and stuff that are there to welcome the body back. But I mean, it's just it's a moving experience. I'm just telling you. They just put a. If you were former military, I'll tell you, it's really hard. It is. It is. Oh. I've seen that happen in Washington, flying in and out of D.C. I've, oh, yeah. se- I've seen the process and stood and watched it. But on the other side. As tough as that is, I've also been in D.C. when a honor flight showed up, and that was the most patriotic thing oh, I've yeah. ever seen. Because that's a entire, different feeling. Yeah, yeah, it was totally you. opposite. But yeah, the the airport lined up on both sides, yeah. and everybody saluted. That was when they bring in the World War II vets. They bring in the World War II vets and some Vietnam vets off. Yep. And uh, so it's both two ends of the spectrum. Yep. One is the price to pay and. The other one. You remember when Obama tried to stop him? Oh yeah, I remember. remember yeah, that? when, was, when they were, he was fighting with the Congress, and he said, "Well, if you could cut back on uh, the Parks Department, well, well, we'll just cut people. We won't have the World War II monument open." And they tried to block it. Yeah, and, I remember that. And those that honor flight came in, uh-huh. and those guys got up out of their wheelchairs and all kinds of things, and they moved those barricades, and they went on that memorial because they said that's our memorial not the president's that's right <laughs> that's right and that was that was that was a proud moment i have to say yeah but now we got uh obama 2.0 right now <laughs> and uh, we're having to suffer through that i'm just wondering like i said uh the vice president kamala has got the lowest rating of any vice any president vice president in u.s history right now and uh and and biden is right there he's at his lowest of lows right now in terms and of they think he may lose another 10 points i understand that too well i hope it's not as expensive of other people well you know, I, it already has a 13 of them yeah right plus another 180 of of or 150 to 180 of afghans that were probably over there trying to oh, sell their God. last book or last you know to try to make their uh, last bit of money before they could do or trying to get on the air, airplane let me ask you a question. I, this came up in a discussion I was having with my wife. She hears my show long before you do, all right? Because <laughs> I'm talking all the time incessantly. Here's my question. Over in Afghanistan, not more than a few hours after that bombing at Kabul International, Karzai Airport, right. 
we uh, launched a drone strike and took out the uh, ISIS. Uh, what is it? They call them ISIS K. Is that what they're calling? It's like Special K or whatever. Right. Uh, they took they took out their number one guy. If they knew where that guy was, and evidently they did, why didn't they take him out a long time ago? I'm just at. It, you know, this is my inquiring minds want to know. Why didn't they just go ahead and take him out? Well, uh, it's, you know why. Let's not stir up any stuff. <laughs> you know, I am stirring I, I'm it using, up. No, I'm saying that's what they're saying. Yeah, that's true. That's that's what they're saying. Let's not stir up any stuff. We're trying to we're trying to get through a presidency here that that we have we have things like the Green Deal and, yeah. and some of the other we got more issues, important things to more do. important things to do like check our watch. At, you know, at a, at well, a, at a well, sometimes if, if you have a target, seconds. sometimes if you have a target, you want to uh, wait till he gets to a position where there's the least casualties. <laughs> no, they've known for months where this guy was at. They've yeah. been following him. I'm just saying. And then they got, you know, they they got the guys that were transporting the uh, the suicide bombers uh, this weekend now as that, well. I'm just saying they've got they've had 20 years to put the men on the ground to give them the information that they need hold on hold on i'm telling wayne hold on not you don't stop on the middle of the freeway all right all right well we got more coming your way after the news all right back with you here on the dave ellswick show as we continue speaking about um, you know what's going on in the world two big stories today just so you'll know two big stories today one of course, Afghanistan, <clears throat> that's going to be in the news for months. And then two, Ida made landfall late last night in uh, New Orleans and uh, to the, well, to the east of New Orleans. It wasn't a direct hit, but it was within about 30 miles from what I understand. And uh, a lot of devastation along the, the Gulf Coast down there. It happened on the 16th anniversary to the day of Katrina. It just missed being a being a Category Five uh, hurricane like Katrina was, but uh, 150 mile an hour sustained winds for hours, and uh, I've been in those situations overseas uh, in typhoons, and I can tell you, it ain't it ain't fun. And I'll talk about it in a moment. <clears throat> Cabot Emergency Hospital been talking about them now for several months. Uh, they're right there on 89 next to 67167 167, uh, on the side where David's Burgers is at and where they're getting ready to build a huge car wash. But the bottom line is, is that uh, that's where they're located at. They look kind of busy this weekend. I don't know what happened, what was going on, but uh, a lot of people showed up. I don't know if they were getting COVID tested, if they were trying to find out uh, they were feeling bad and they were having problems breathing or whatever. But there were people there being treated at Cabot Emergency Hospital uh, this weekend. And it's really nice in that, a- that area now that you live in those areas that uh, you don't have to uh, you don't have to come all the way down to Little Rock or North Little Rock to get to a hospital uh, that they can do everything they need to do for you. Like a Cabot Emergency Hospital, uh, they've got an on-site lab. They've got, uh, you know, the whole thing with uh, you know they got the suites in there they got the x-rays the ct scans the uh, bedside ultrasounds ladies if you're pregnant uh mri 
Yeah, they can do that too. They get an MRI on site and a pharmacy. They can do all that. Now, if you're having a heart attack and they do the lab and it shows that, you know, your your heart's being attacked literally uh, because of not enough uh, oxygen or whatever, uh, they'll get you down to uh, Little Rock, you know, as fast as they possibly can so that you can get into a, a cardiology area and be and be treated but for you know for break breaks and contusions and and cuts and and those kinds of issues uh they can get you in and get you seen at cabot emergency hospital it's a great addition uh to uh the area i I told you about the lady that was talking about it uh, a couple weeks ago at the uh, lone oak uh gop she had had uh, covid and uh, was having really problems breathing she went there and uh, they were able to assist her my grandson started bleeding after surgery and was just gushing blood and they were able to take care of him it's a it's a wonderful addition to our area up there in the cabot ward austin bb um, and in the environs uh, for when you know you know furlough and all those areas all right, so let's continue. We've got Wayne Beach here today. We've got, uh, you know, R.D. Hopper is here. Uh, Paul, a little under the weather still, so he's not with us today. But we'll uh, uh, we'll do without without him today. Uh, we will not be on next Monday because that's Labor Day. So uh, we'll take that Monday off, and then I'll be gone for a couple of weeks and filling in for me is going to be Robert Steinbach, and so i got to ask him uh, if he wants to bring everybody together and, and do the show or if he just wants to do it on his, his own. Because I let, I let the people that are filling in make up their own minds on, on things like that. I don't force them. I wouldn't force anybody to have to be with Joe and Duck. I mean, I mean that's, a, that's a tough one, i got to tell you. All right, 20 minutes till 7. I was... Uh, was saying what was i was i going to talk about uh i was going to say something that happened i it had come to me senior <laughs> moment it's a silver moment that's what i'm having right now silver yeah i can't remember yeah. what it was that happened last night it was so funny i was out to dinner with some friends and my buddy was going to say something he was talking about john brummett all right he had read his article yesterday and was just getting all worked up about it and uh he was going to say something, and he, he just stood there, and he kind of just stopped, and he looked at me. And you haven't had this problem yet, R.D. You will. I mean, I know, <laughs> I know that uh, I know Wayne's had it, where you just stop, and it's like whatever was in your head at that moment is now gone. Yeah. <laughs> and you try to talk, you try to uh, lead yourself back into trying to figure out how to get back, and you go, "Ha I remember what it was." Yeah, now. yeah. Or. <laughs> Or you just look at everybody with this vacant stare in your eyes because you don't remember where you were going. Aren't you going to say something? Don't yeah, you remember yeah. too? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we were talking about Brummett yesterday. Boy, did you, the the Democrats. I'm just telling you right now. He was he was going off on Larry Elder and all kinds of. Oh, he's a talk show host, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they're getting worried about California. Oh yeah. Newsom, They're getting really Newsom's, worried about California. Newsom is on string right now. Yeah. And he admitted yesterday, yeah, I did some things I shouldn't have done. Yeah, like going out to dinner and telling everybody else to stay home or 
we lock you down and then you show up at a dinner with all of your great friendly donors you know what can i say i've been keeping up with uh you remember karen boyd that was in here yeah. she's out in california now down in Bexerfield, and uh she kind of keeps me up to date along with several other friends i have out in california and they keep me up to date on what's going on in california and newsom's in trouble well, the the figures keep going the opposite way for him right now. Yeah, and Biden was going to go out there and speak up for him, but I think they it's still on the agenda that he's supposed to go out there. But we'll see if he I goes or not. Yeah, the thing is, right now wouldn't be a good time Mm-mm. to go to California for Mister Biden. No, no, he's got this. Is this president has more fires burning than any president I've ever seen when they first came into office <laughs> that they made of their own volition he did it he did it i mean the southern border you know that was because of what he did afghanistan that's because of what he did i mean you can just go down the our line. gas the prices yeah, the gas prices, energy everything yeah uh, it's well, all because of his uh, changes that he made well they're what they're looking to is a midterm elections and they're trying to do things to support the base and and, and the people on the fence i mean a lot of people are tired of Ag- afghanistan they're looking into yeah, the, the midterm elections and say hey let's do some things that the people are going to like and they'll get, get out and the vote problem. for it. the people they're trying to, to get out to the polls are not the working folk and because yes. of that the working folk are going wait a well, minute here well, well the problem is the way it was handled and that's, i mean it could have been a very a good political move and it could help them in the midterm elections but it was just not when not, you do them all not, at once it's not handled <laughs> properly and, and it wasn't planned out of is a knee-jerk reaction well, and, instead of a, of a two-year or a long-term plan to do something correctly you were talking about a process some process takes a period of time and long planning, and uh, they just messed that one up. I don't know how you don't come up and admit, you know, hey, we had a plan, and uh, it was a flawed plan, and uh, we as have another plan in say, place. Hey, wait yeah. a second. It was the previous administration. As yeah. long as you can say it was Trump, then you got an argument for your base. It reminds yeah. me of the grief thing. You remember the five stages of grief? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's what they might, you know, transfer or blame it or angry. And you go through all those different stages. Yeah, That's what this off. reminds me yeah. of. And uh, and whenever you start blaming other people for something that you did, they say, well, Trump did it back in May. He had this promise back. But you're the president now. Well, you that's, can do what you That's do. when he put his head down with Peter Ducey at that, that news conference mm-hmm. when Ducey said, but you're, you're the president now. You know, and and, and he just kind of put his head down. You you kind of quit blaming the other person, you know. And what's been interesting is they've been complaining that it was Trump's ideas about uh, get, getting out of Afghanistan. Yes, President Trump wanted to leave uh, Afghanistan, as most Americans did. And uh, he reduced but they the had, troops. They had conditions. Yeah, conditions. And they read the, they were reading the. The whole thing on the air, Pompeo was on, and he started running it down. And it was nothing like the way that Biden was no. doing things. Nothing, was, no way. They'd reduced the troops and kept control of the Taliban, and they were I, – I don't know if it was going to work or not, if that government was going to stand up and take control and take responsibility of their own freedom 
in their in their own corruption. But, uh, but it we were keeping America's interest at heart. There, that, that's we were keeping the point. America's that's, that's interest the point. at heart. If Afghanistan would have said to us, "We'll we'll make an agreement with you. You guys can stay at, at Balgram or whatever. Mm-hmm. You just stay on Balgram. Don't go out into you know beyond the wire, and uh, and you can be there." And the United States says, "Well, that's fine, except that we want these conditions met." Mm-hmm. If we're attacked, we can attack back. We can protect ourselves right. and things of that nature. I've been fine with that. I have too. We've guess done what? It. We're doing that in Europe right we're now. It, still, we're doing it in South, South Korea. Korea. We're doing it in a number of other countries. That's exactly where we right. always have a contingency there to protect our interest, as well as protect that country and help them get on. If you look at South Korea, if they've done the same thing in South Korea right now, we have a pretty good. Uh, uh, deal on south korea they'd still of, be fighting in south korea they would still be fighting <laughs> you got that i right guarantee it'd be over and right now uh i was up at cap kitty hawk this has been years ago uh they're the dmz in in uh in south korea and they're still shooting at each other up there around camp casey and uh, and uh, they had a group going out of camp casey every every uh on the parallel thing yeah and yeah. uh and on 38th parallel well anyway they they're still shooting across the border just taking pot shots at each other and and I thought, really? Yeah, they're still they're still up there taking pot. My brother was went there after Vietnam, and uh, he said he got in trouble. He lost a stripe because him and his buddy were throwing snowballs at the North Koreans and hitting them. Oh, they're at the uh, Pamajan or whatever. Yeah, it was. yeah, yeah. They were throwing snowballs at them. You know, he hey, lost, that's okay. he lost a stripe because of that. He got it back, but he lost a stripe. Yeah. Well. It's it's we've done it in a lot of other countries. We've always had a contingency plan. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I wholeheartedly agree. With you. Don't forget about PI Roofing. PI Roofing wants you to come and see them if you got a roofing problem. Uh, if it's a straight line wind, if it's hail, whatever. If it's just you know age, they'll come out and tell you if there's any problem with your roof. I mean, I know that I've got some problems that are going to have to be addressed because it's been 18 years, all right? And you get, uh, this has been probably a really tough year on my roof when you think of all the uh, the sunny days here in August and the heat that we've had to go through and, and whatnot. <coughs> so I'm going to have to have them come out and walk my entire roof. They they were up to fix that nail that I told you about, and they did, and while he was up there to the guy took some pictures, and you could see where I lost a lot of the the gravelly material off Drain my yeah. Yeah, off of my roof. So, gonna have to get it taken care of. <coughs> Call them seven zero seven thirty five fifty one seven zero seven thirty five fifty one, or visit them online at PI Roofing. All right, let's take our final break here uh, during this uh, hour, and then we'll be back and finish up. And don't forget, 705, we're going to talk about Project 1619. A lot of it you need to know about. You don't know half of it. I'm just telling you. That's coming up next uh, after the news at the top of the hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I love that line in that movie with Robert Duvall. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. It smells like victory. <laughs> and then not more than 10 minutes he goes they're out on the the south china sea surfing remember that yeah uh-huh. they're all out there surfing he cracked me up he's he was his whoever his guy that was working with, he's a colonel and he 
He looks like, you're very divorced. <laughs> Vietnam was a weird time in our country. I'm just saying. Although, I'm going to be honest. I think that when you went on R&R and World War II, you know, they would go back to certain areas that they didn't have to worry about. They cut loose. It's the way, way, way it works. It's kind of like living... Kind of like living in the in the jungle in the Amazon or something. Yeah. Like that. Oh man, Th- that movie Apocalypse Now is a great movie. It's it's got all kinds of stuff in it. But the, as I've said, the, as good as the, mo- the great as the movie was, which it was, because Francis Ford Coppola, the director, put millions of his own dollars into it to get it done. You know, there's this vision that he had that he wanted to put on the screen, but. Uh, there was there was the making that movie was something they shot a lot of the stuff about vietnam inside uh the philippines and they had a a typhoon come through and they shot during the typhoon it's just it's just a crazy crazy story about that movie if you've never read about it you know you know just google it and read it there's some really great stories about it and and coppola talked about it and stuff crazy oh by the way did you hear who passed away lou grant passed away oh was that right yeah he he, uh, he, <laughs> he died yesterday uh he was uh, 91 91 uh, that's yeah. pretty good the, the part that i the that's movie that run. i liked the best that he did you know ed asner was up the cartoon from disney yeah <laughs> he was the old he was the voice of the old man yeah that was that was good yeah, that that was that That's was a, probably the best because politically could stand the guy. <laughs> I mean, talk about a rabbit lefty. He was rabid. Really was <laughs> rabid. Yep. It's a free country. Yeah, well, that's it's true. It's a free country. We don't Unless hate you're them. trying to destroy my country, then we'll I take get a little, our freedom a little away bit, from Yeah, I get a little bit irritated with him, but not a little bit. I get really irritated with him on, on a lot of the stuff that goes on. You said something about that movie that sparked what I've been thinking. Somebody that, said something that he wanted it done, and he put his own money behind it to get it done. Yep. Now, that is something that you can look at on a politician I've been thinking about lately. Because if a politician, if they have a mission, if they say this has got to be taken care of, if they got issues that need to be done – it's not being taken care of, so they're going to bow up and run for an office. If they don't put their own money behind it, if the money that they're running is on somebody else's money, and at least 20 to 25% of the money they're spending is not coming out of their own pocket, they are not dedicated. You are not dedicated to something unless you put your own money behind what it. What have I said on this? You've heard me say this a million yeah. times. It's like the mayor wanting this bond issue that he got passed, passed in in Cabot because he wanted to build a a wave pool. Here's my key on that. If that wave pool, if the people of Cabot wanted that so badly, there are businessmen who would have have seen that and they would have built it. But they didn't build it because they knew that there wasn't enough there to support it. But so they used used, – tax money to do it i see that a lot the return on investment and a lot of things and that that's why businessmen because you said well is that a money-making business the other thing is that is government really in in is that part of their responsibility no. to make money no I, it's their responsibility <laughs> to do non-profitable things for us that people want with other people's money one percent about one percent of the voters showed up 
that wanted a wave pool, what and ninety nine percent, nine hundred people, yeah, nine hundred people showed That's not up. Very many nine hundred no. people on a special election levied millions of dollars. I think the, sixty the, million wasn't it? Yeah, more than that was as it? a whole. But yeah, around sixty million dollars, and you have nine hundred people show up in a town of forty thousand people. Now tell me, your vote isn't worth something? Yeah, I tell you One what. More time. Special elections need to be stopped. Hey, I agree. With you 100%. Special elections—that is a way for one percent of the people to levy taxes on the ninety-nine percent of the people that are at work. I see, I don't you. see why they can't. Why they have such a hard time? Just saying, okay, on primary day, when people are going to go to the polls to vote for the candidates they want to run, or on election day, if you've got a tax you want in the past, put it on the ballot. Okay, oh, no. I'm, I'm all about that. But they put it wherever they want to do it. It's a tactic. And I know you, it is. It's a tactic, and they put the money behind it. They put the money behind it for the advertising. They plan ahead. They do the advertising. They make the pitch. And then everybody that wants somebody else to pay for their wave pool shows up and votes while everybody else goes to work. Well, and probably the people who show up to vote are going to make money off the wave right. pool. They're the contractors. <laughs> they're, the, they're the investors, the people that own that property, own the land, that know they're going to make a huge profit profit off of, of selling the property to the government that's infrastructure uh, right mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why that's why you got that 1.2 which are now they're talking about two point something million a trillion dollars trillion yeah see oh, it's hard to get, get that, it yeah, it's hard to get that t word out of your million mouth billion, i know trillion now we're in three and, what's, and a half what's trillion the one after that after a trillion you know remember you remember <laughs> Ever, everett dirksen he was famous for the sign a million here and a million there saying million here a million there now you're talking real money now you know that was back in the 60s now we're here in the 21st century and we're saying a trillion dollars here and a trillion dollars there and now we're talking real money it's it's crazy all right don't forget coming up after the news which is next uh we're going to have dr graver with us she got new books coming out monday called about debunking 1619 you've probably heard about it you know that they brought it up in the uh, state legislature, and a lot of people caved. And it just amazes me that we're going to allow this to be taught in our school systems. Be aware of it, and I'm going to help uh, give you the information about it. And we'll be asking questions about it when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show.
I've been excited uh, ever since we uh, got this next segment uh, solidified and ready to go here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know that I have been screaming about 1619 uh, for several months now. And because it's a flat-out lie, okay, it's, it's a lie. Our country started when we said it started. 1776 basically it didn't start when the first slave ship made its ways to the shores of america in 1619 at least that's what this the woman who has written the information for the new york times uh started and so i wanted to talk about this it was really important uh that we we talked about it and uh we've had state representative lowry on many times who's been fighting against that uh this uh, 1619 and crt and it has been amazing to me how many lawmakers that call themselves conservative republicans have just fallen down on the ground and said let's see let 1619 let the school boards decide whether you know they want to just kind of like pilot to the to the sanhedrin you know i'm going to wash my hands here i have nothing to do with this this is up to you guys okay and uh, that's what they're saying now about uh 1619 i cannot understand how the state legislature can look at something that has so much falsehood in it and say yeah well you guys can decide if you want to teach it or not it's kind of like saying well Okay, so you want to teach Nazism. Yeah, there's a lot of falsehoods in it, but we're going to let you make your mind up of whether you want to teach it or not. BS, folks. That's BS. That's just kicking the can. Nobody wants to stand up, you have a backbone, and say, this is completely anti-American, and we got to stop it. You yep. want your kids to be indoctrinated by Okay, hold on. It's crap, all right? I'm going to tell you right now, it's crap. Dr. Mary Graber is with us. She's got a new book that's coming off called Debunking 1619. And, Doctor, thanks for giving us the time uh, to talk about this because this is just a flat-out falsehood that's being, you know, taught to our children. Absolutely, and that's why I wrote the book, Debunking the 1619 Project. I go into detail about the half-truths, uh, the missing information, uh, the twisted uh, quotations, and the lies. And I hope it's going to be a resource for people in government, you know, to uh, step up and take action, as you mentioned. I mean, they really need to do that. Um, and school boards should also have this, and I hope it will be a resource because I've done a, an incredible amount of research to expose exactly page by page where um, the 1619 project twists around uh, the, the history of the United States. Well, th- she, this lady who wrote all this stuff says, hey, look, uh, what I'm telling you is the truth. Everything you've been taught since you were a kid is a lie. And I'm I'm just looking at it and I'm saying what is with the New York Times on this? They're supposed remember the old gray lady supposed to be dealing with with truth. Uh, I'm just telling you they wouldn't know the truth if it bit them in the rear end. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, they made a, a conscious decision to pivot from, you know, after the Russia collusion hoax fell apart to issues of race. And so they published the 1619 Project, which is basically a propaganda piece disguised as a reframing of history. Um, So it was a deliberate decision on the part of the editors, and they had Nicole Hannah-Jones, who is in no position to write any kind of history. She has no degree in history. She's not a scholar. She has no respect for the truth. She is writing, I think, out of a sense of personal grievance and projecting all her bitterness onto the past of the United States and using propagandists who who were writing this stuff back in the 60s. You know, the guy who uh, coined the phrase black power, Lerone Bennett, is a main source for her. So this is not history in any true sense of the term, but it is propaganda. Yeah, I I think people should know a little bit about you. You've been teaching for a long time. Uh, Last, I think, position you had was at Emory University in Georgia. And you have an organization called uh, Dissident Professors Education Project. Talk a little bit about that, too, would you please? Yes. Um, Well, right now I'm at the Alexander Hamilton Institute for the Study of Western Civilization. I was canceled. uh, So when uh, the specially funded program at Emory ended in 2013, I was out of a teaching position. I had basically been blacklisted in Georgia, and I started the Dissident Prof Education Project, DissidentProf.com, in order to provide an insider's perspective on what was going on in education. So all the things you're seeing today in 2021, I was seeing, you know, 20, 30 years ago coming down the pike being inside the uh, diversity training, the, uh, you know, the whiteness studies, all that was at the conferences and I was trying to expose that. And I blog at that site and publish articles. And I also got caught up in Obama's IRS net there back in 2011 when I applied for nonprofit status. So along with the Tea Party's dissident prof uh, was swept up, uh, harassed. The process was delayed for two years, uh, you know, and I was part of a class uh, action settlement lawsuit. So so that's what I've been trying to do, and uh, fortunately, I got this book contract to write debunking the 1619 Project, so I am able to expose the falsehoods in a book form, and my first book was Debunking Howard Zinn. So this is my second book <laughs> on debunking the lies uh, that initially started in academia and have made their way down through to K through 12 education, second graders are being fed this tripe in the classrooms. It's it's really, it's criminal in my mind. It's child abuse. Well, we, we had you on, on your Howard Zinn book. We tried to stop that being taught in Arkansas schools as well. And mm. it, it mm-hmm. didn't work either. Uh, it, it was, it's just sad to see how many, 
how many of our legislators are scared of our school board people i mean the people who are running the teachers union and things of that nature i'm going to let my uh, power panel ask some questions as well if that's all right and i'll start off with rd hopper and rd you want to ask the doctor one thing when it comes to history you know you have to have a source of what truth is no, so, you don't. And you have to refer <laughs> to your sources. And uh, it seems like they've been teaching our children that as long as you make a good case and that's the way you feel, th- then then that's your own personal truth. But what you're saying, there is a source of authority from what history is, and there is a source of authority of right and wrong. And uh, I believe we need to teach our kids not that, that they're inherently – Another thing, so there is a source of truth, and we need to go to it. And the second thing is, these people have an agenda of separating and conquering. So would you speak to how they're trying to divide us and and making general statements and basically being racist themselves? Yes, absolutely. Uh, You've hit the nail on the head. Uh, They have been trying to do this since 1919 when the Communist Party was first established in New York City. Lenin himself gave orders in 1920 to, you know, specifically target the black race uh, because he knew there was segregation and there was discrimination. He knew it was a vulnerable point. And many people were rightfully uh, feeling bad and guilty about that. So he exploited that. And that's been a project that's been inherited uh, since the last 100 years. And that is the purpose of the 1619 Project. It is to divide us by race. The 1619 Project presents all white people as being oppressors and as having inherited the privileges that come from slave owning and all blacks are presented as being virtuous victims who are still struggling from uh, this heritage of slavery. So it's a completely false worldview. History is complicated. People change over time. Um, not all you know, people of one race are one way or the other. And that's what I point out in debunking the 1619 Project. And I do it with reputable historical sources. And I do it with Uh, an ample number of footnotes. So if anyone wants to question me, they can go to the source and say, and point out, you know, did I misquote it? Did I misrepresent the source? Uh, What you will not find in the 1619 Project, the New York Times version, is any reference to sources. Um, A lot of this is the personal history, as I said, of Nicole Hannah-Jones. She's got some grievances. She has stated those publicly And she relies in her ignorance on the guy who coined the term black power, which in itself uh, turned the civil rights movement into a violent movement. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Then we'll come back. We'll talk more uh, with Dr. Graber here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 1619, you need to stop it in your school system. You got it. I'm going to tell you, show up at your school board meetings and tell them you don't want it to be uh, taught. Make sure you do FOIs and make sure it's not being taught. They will lie to you and say it's not being that it isn't being taught, and it is. 
So, Dave Ellis, make sure we got more coming your way in just a moment. I want to talk about Pat Davis. Pat Davis says if you'll call him, he can save you 30 to 50% on your health insurance. And I know that's a fact. I've talked to people that he's saved them even more money. Uh, he has a way of doing your health insurance that's really great if you happen to be self-employed. It's actual insurance. It's not a share plan. You can choose any provider in the nation. You'll never have another copay. And if there's any excess money, and if you want to know about that, ask Pat about it. He'll explain what he means by excess money. It won't be going to the uh, insurance companies or the hospital or whatever. It will come to you. Keep that in mind. Call Pat, 501-605-6935. This is health insurance done the right way, done for you. Yourhealthplanman.com is the website. But call him. Talk to him. Uh, I mean, have a conversation and ask all your questions. 501-605-6935, yourhealthplanman.com. All right. I'm doing this show with Dr. Graber for the simple reason I want you to know what 1619 is about. You need to do something as well. All right. I can give you some basic outlines of some of the things that, that Dr. Graber believes. You need to read her book so that you can get more in-depth. You need to sit down and read the footnotes, things of that nature, debunking the 1619 Project. That, that book comes out, I believe, this coming. Is it this coming Monday that it's on the, on the market, Doctor? Yes, it is. Uh, September, or Tuesday, actually, September 7th. Okay. Right. All right. So mm-hmm. with that, I'm going to turn it over to Wayne Beach. She's a member of my panel as well. He had a question for you. Are, are you taking your book to uh, to the colleges and <laughs> put them in the bookstore and make it required reading, just like uh, uh, some of the other books? Uh, just I, was, I guess I might be a little facetious, you know, saying that, but but we all know we all know what the indoctrination is that your your book would be on a pile of other burning books out in the in the uh, in mm-hmm. the in the in the courtyard in the courtyard <laughs> in, in all campuses, <laughs> along with the Bible and everything else. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that is funny. <laughs> I know, but uh, that's what I. But do. it's truthful. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead there. What, what you know, Biden has said told, uh, told us that uh, that he would you know when he's running for president, he said I'm going to bring the country together, and even right after he got elected, uh-huh. said, I'm going to bring the country together. You know, instilling racism is not the way you bring the country together through, through either the 1619 Project CRT or anything else. You just don't teach kids to always be oppressed or always be the oppressor and you know when you're teaching somebody we ought to be promoting our 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 government ought to be promoting you can be anything you want to be you have the opportunity you don't have to be oppressed right you're not a victim forever and what happens is that we've got great examples of that great examples uh, all through our all through our history, and to go back and try to change history to fit a narrative and promote racism, in my opinion, is 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 wrong. Um, anyway, that, what's your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, you're right. And uh, what I try to point out in debunking the 1619 Project, my book that'll be out next week, is that this is not a historical. A project. It is a political project, mm-hmm. yes. and it is a 
political project for the Democratic Party. That is how they get the votes. They want to pit those who see themselves as liberal, enlightened, uh, open-minded, and so forth, as having this enemy of conservatives or Republicans who are bigoted and so forth. And the 1619 Project, through this gross twisting of history, does that. It fulfills that aim. And so it is a political project. The creator of the 1619 Project, Nicole Hannah-Jones, on Twitter, I follow her and I followed her interviews in the media. She is a far left Democratic operative. Her views align with the squad. <laughs> you probably know who they are. Sure. Uh, right. And so this is what uh, her so-called historical narrative, the reframing is intended to support. And it's intended to divide, and it's intended to say to kids who are uh, black or of any other minority that you are oppressed and you need us, the Democratic Party, to uh, ensure that you will get your rights. And it's intended to demonize a certain group of people. But it does it in a clever way. It leaves out huge gaps. And that's what my book is intended to do, is to show how exactly it is uh, promoting this false history. So let me ask you, doctor, do you have a syllabus that goes along with this book so that people can teach the main uh, aspects of the lies that are being perpetuated in 1619 and give them some ammunition at school boards and stuff of that nature? Like cliff notes. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I would suggest is is that people get my book, Debunking the 1619 Project, and you can take notes as you go along. And it's clearly divided point by point. And you can take the material there and and take it to the school board. These people, uh, they need to be exposed for their ignorance, for their obfuscation, and for their outright lying when they support things like the 1619 Project. So I'm hoping that people will do that, will take the facts, take notes that are in my book, Debunking the 1619 Project, present it to the school board. And one silver lining of all this is that people have finally woken up. That's what I've been trying to do for the last 20 years is to tell people, hey, listen, look at what's going on in academia. Look at what's going on in the colleges of education. I was fighting Common Core, you know, 10 years ago, and I saw how, you know, activists, and even I was treated by school boards, even though I have a Ph.D. I was dismissed by these people who, you know, knew, didn't know what they were talking about or were deliberately lying. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. We appreciate your time. I'd like to have you on in the, in the near future again. Maybe we can spend a little bit more time talking about all this because this is something that's not going to go away. And it has to be fought 
at state level, it's got to be fought with your state legislatures and then with your school boards. Doctor, thanks for your time debunking the uh, 1619 Project. Dr. Mary Graber, we appreciate you. Thank you for giving us the time today. All right. We'll let her go. And um, we we can all move on with our, our, our lives a little bit. But the bottom line is you have to know your enemy. All right, I would say say to you, there's two books you should buy. Her first one, debunking Howard Zinn, because the way Howard Zinn came about things, he taught you a new way of history is being taught in your school. And secondly, this one about debunking uh, sixteen nineteen. You know, market conditions right now for trying to sell your home are great. I'm just letting you know if if you have a home that you want to sell. The conditions are great. That's why I was looking at doing next year, but have moved it up to this year because I want to move it quickly and uh, probably get more money than I will next year because there's more buyers and there are homes for sale and the historically low interest rates also make it a good time to sell a home and then buy more home. Now, I'm not buying another house. Just telling you because of those low interest rates, you may want to. Let me give you a story here that happened, and it involves our show right here on on Dave Ellswick and one hundred one one. When it comes to selling your home, would you trust someone who has a history with an agent? And of course, that is yes, you would. Uh, Renee and Kevin heard about Dustin from my show, where they heard about it, and decided to give him a call. At their meeting, Dustin shared the various options they could choose from to sell their Jacksonville home. Remember, I've met with Dustin, uh, and we've talked about selling my home, and he gave me three options. One, we could take and and fix the home up as much as we possibly could and try to get the ultimate amount of money out of the house. You could do some major repairs that you need to do like i'm doing at my house now where i'm replacing some the baseboards and things of that nature where they've been scarred up over the years and now i'm putting new ones back in not a whole lot of money but will get me more money for my house or perhaps you don't even want to deal with the public and you just tell dustin what would you offer me for my home and you sell it to him and you get the you get the money that way well, they could, you know, do the traditional way, or he could give them a cash offer. And they decided to go with the cash offer there in Jacksonville. And by the end of the day, their home was sold. Done. Through. They trusted Dustin, and you can too. Uh, I've told you that I would not uh, really tell you, you know, that uh, he was the man until I had dealt with him. And I'm dealing with him now, and I'm telling you, he's the man. Because it's not just about what you do to sell your home. It's about how you sell your home. Now, open houses and all that, that's not the way you sell your home. You sell your home on the Internet. It's the way you stage your home and everything. And Dustin knows how to do all this. So you call him. Uh, Dustin Turner with the home team brokered by EXP Realty can give you an instant cash offer without the large hidden fees. That can, can He can do that. Or he can sell it the traditional way. All you have to do is call 
2969. You can Google Dustin Turner, the home team, or go online to hometeamsoldit.com. I'm uh, I'm going on vacation here in about a week, and uh, when I come back, we'll be putting the finishing touches on my house, and then we're going to put it up for sale in in October. That's coming up, and I'll let you know how it goes. You know my, my life; it's an open book to you. I'll just tell you how it's going, and I'll be having Dustin out to look and see what I've done, and and get ready to 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 put it out there on the market. You can do all the same thing things that I'm doing. All you got to do is call him and talk to him. He'll come out and discuss all of this with you at 501-952-2969. All right, Dustin Turner, uh, he's the man. I'm just telling you, it's the way he goes about it. It's his marketing that makes him so powerful. It really does. It makes him powerful. And the market. And the market. And the now. market right now. Yeah. I mean, the market is in your favor as a seller. Just letting you know, really is. Uh, my next door neighbor now is trying to sell his house. Uh, a couple of homes down the, the road are trying to sell their homes. They all understand. But I mean, I'm not some rocket scientist about realty. I just know that now's the time to do it. You know? Definitely. When the griddle is hot, do use it. the griddle, brother. I'm just saying. <laughs> I broke. I lucked out because I bought my home when the housing crisis just before it happened, because they were just free money at that point to buy a house. So I said, "Well, if they're going to loan me the money, I'll take it." And I did, and I bought the house that I got now. Now I'm getting ready to sell it. I'm going to sell it when I think I could get the most money for it. And right now, it looks like it could be somewhere between eighty and a hundred thousand uh, dollars over what i bought that house for and you think about that over a period of 18 years you can't go out and okay you're not going to make that much over a stock market i'm just telling you it's fast yeah. fast return on investment That's, that quick. is yeah. and and wayne and i were talking but there's other areas in the united states right now it's amazing what you say tampa is going like crazy right now oh yeah i've seen lots going for 800 grand just like a lot a, a lot of money 300 to yeah. 800 grand is nothing yeah. or just a lot empty lot that's right not anything built on it just say you want to build something all right eight hundred thousand dollars i'll let you yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah try to buy a farm now with like 100 to 300 acres well i, I, I can you, only imagine going yeah but going back to going back to the other uh uh thing david and i was talking about this on uh right now in that last uh uh covid package has got in there where minority farmers get up to 120 percent uh taken off of their off their loans uh and that's that was kind of the that was kind of one of the racist things that i was oh, talking about not kind of that is a racist thing i mean farmers are actually you know uh, uh, uh minority farmers are are basically given a an out it says we're going to pay we're basically forgive 120 percent of your loans well, how do you get 120 percent of your loans? They're giving you money. Yeah, they're giving you money, and they're only exactly doing it right. for one race. That's the reason we have government, isn't it? To incentivize bad behavior, <laughs> getting getting dead over it's, your it's head. It's reparations. Yeah, is yeah. what it is. Getting head. That's up. what it really is. If you yeah. want, if you want to uh, get more bad behavior, pay people money for doing it. 
uh, you know, if you want to stop it, tax them on yeah, it. I'm not saying anything about minority farmers. What I'm saying is you don't encourage people to get in debt over their head, and you don't reward people for making bad business decisions. That's what they did during the housing crisis. Exactly. You can, you can be I don't a, care who you are. Under, under that program, you can be a billionaire, right, and have all your debt basically erased uh-huh. if you're a minority. That yeah. is that is something. Well, and here's the key. They say, well, look at what white people were doing uh, to take advantage of things like this. They were writing laws. For, well, look, I don't care if you're white, Asian, black, uh, American, uh, you know, Native American or whatever. Here's the bottom line. If you're picking certain people to get certain things and other people don't get them, then you're discriminating against those people. And, and, and you're the, the problem. Colors, based on the color of the skin. That's right. You're, you're, gonna, you're the problem. And you got to remember, there's there's other ways of getting reparations rather than just uh, just coming right out and just handing somebody money. That Just like I said, this is one example. Yeah. It to be equal opportunity for everyone. I'm, well, sure. Equal opportunity. That's what we talk about on the show all the time. And personal you? responsibility. Absolutely. Equal opportunity, personal responsibility. If someone makes a mistake, then they're accountable for and it. And accountability. Here's the key. Accountability. You don't fix that by doing it just in an opposite direction. Incentivizing it, bad behavior. And well, the bottom line is racism is racism. Mm-hmm. Whether it's coming from this group to this group or that group to this other group. I mean, if if they're all doing the same things, they're all being bigots. I mean, that's the bottom line. And these 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 principles come from God. The New Testament says when you know when Peter came to Cornelius's house, he said, "I perceive that God is no respecter of persons; that all people are created equal." When he went back and told the story to the church at, to Jerusalem, they said, "Hey, it's time to go out into the whole world now." So God's not a respecter of persons. So if but, God's not a respecter of persons, then we don't need to be a respecter of persons. But there are still people within the church that have nothing to do with it. I mean, the Judaizers just kept on going. I mean, they were doing their thing as well. But, you know, I, I'm just saying it's it's never right. It's, if, if, you're, if you've been discriminated against and we get rid of the discrimination, but what you do is you flip it around to discriminate against somebody else. That's revenge, man. That's all that is. That's just revenge that you're trying to get. That's what you're trying to do. All right, let's go back and talk a little bit about Dr. Graber here. She made she brought up some really interesting points. I mean, first thing she did, she took exactly what R.D. was asking about and said he was exactly right. You were exactly right. In fact, I think your exact words were, you hit the nail on the head. All right. They're trying to divide our country. Yes. And when that's what it, this is socialism. I mean, look, this is this is the same thing as the, the Bolsheviks and the pol, uh, proletariat. All right, under Marxism. All right, under Marxism, except that it wasn't working here because most Americans understood if they worked hard and pushed forward, they could better their lives. Okay. Well, they said, then what are we going to do if they're not buying in on the the economic side? What? Well, how do we do it? We do it with race. And that's now what they're doing. They're doing it with race. That's right. They're saying if you're black or you're uh, Hispanic or whichever race not chosen by them, uh, you are 
a person who is being oppressed. If you're white, you're an oppressor. And it comes down to being individuals, and every person is individual. We will be judged on our own actions, and every person needs to be judged by his fellow man on his own actions. Now, hey, there's Republicans or Democrats or or Christians and, and people from other religions that do the same thing. You can't judge people one way because they're a member of one denomination. You can't judge people as a group because of what color their skin is. Every person is an individual and needs to be judged on their own merit and quit trying to divide this country by saying the grouping people up into groups. Here's a good point, just what you just said. You don't judge churches by what Westboro does out of Kansas. All right. They're the people who show up at, at uh, you know, burials of people, and 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 they, they can't stand homosexuals, and they're calling people queer and all kinds of stuff. Uh, over top of when they're being buried and and whatnot and see people say say that's why i don't go to church well come on folks not every church that's one church that's doing that that's not all churches that are doing that just stay away from that one church the only final judge is god yeah don't don't hang out with the jim joneses of the world i'm just saying well there's people that look excuses for their failures also there's victims out there that's looking for something to latch on to and that's exactly what lennon was doing he was looking around for victims and saying hey you're a victim and you need to overthrow these people that are being mean to you and you need to start rights and you need to overthrow the government that's that's what nicole hannah jones is saying the exact same thing You've been put down for all these years. You're always going to be put down. You know, you got to get as much out of the system as you possibly can. And this new history narrative confirms it. Yeah. In 1619 Project. true. That's exactly what they're teaching. It's a a political statement. It's not a historical statement. All right. We got more coming your way. We got to get a break in. Final break for this hour. Man, you get talking about this. I'm just telling you, we could talk and talk and talk about it. Uh, East End Towing wants you to know, number one, they want you to remember road safety. They want you to remember the campaign, slow down, move over. You see red lights flashing, blue lights flashing, yellow lights flashing, move over. There's people working around those flashing lights. You know, let's not have an accident of somebody getting hit out there. You know, what do you do after a 911 call? What's the process? Police arrive, they take a report, the vehicle needs to be towed, uh, you know, where, you know, what tow service can you use, uh, what about impound yard rules and regulations, what the city or county determines uh, as far as the location goes. These are all important things to know about, but, you know, look, you don't run a tow business, I don't run a tow business, People like uh, Patrick McIntyre runs East End Towing, and he'll make sure you're well taken care of. No matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it and has all the answers for you. Call them when you need them. Put this number in your wallet or your purse. 501-888-8849. Put this number in your phone. How's that? That's even better. 501-888-8849. That's East End Towing towing all right so last half hour we had uh dr mary graver on she's got a new book out debunking 
1619 Project. I would highly recommend you pick up a copy of it. Just go on Amazon. You can do it and add it to your Kindle reading list. I've been adding books to my Kindle here for the last <laughs> several weeks, and I'll be reading while I'm sitting on the beach in Panama City while I'm on vacation. That's what I do a lot of when I'm on vacation is read. I love to read. So I get away. I turn my phone off. I sit it in the room. I don't carry it with me. So if you want me, you you need to send me a text and just know that I'll answer you. But it may not be that particular day. It may be a, a day down the road or whatever. So two things that I do when I'm on vacation in Florida. I read and I eat as much seafood as I can. <laughs> That's the two things I like to do. Yeah. And I like to sit on the beach. That's the other one. I, I do like. remember Life Unplugged, and uh, it wasn't all bad. No, it's it not. It wasn't all bad. <laughs> yeah, I want to tell you, having having a cell phone, a lot of you uh, don't even realize this because you've always have had a cell phone. There, there was times when nobody could ever get a hold of you. There was times when you had time yeah. to think yeah, and, and so, to sit in a quiet place without being interrupted. And that's point. <laughs> a quiet place where you could work things out in your head. Exactly. Now, and you don't get to do that anymore. And do your own thinking for yourself. Yeah. Now, you, now you're covered up with thinking because <laughs> and, and then you get confused if you're not paying attention. Now, and, yeah. uh, or you haven't take, taken your syndrome today. Or it's overthinking. Am I still on air? Yeah, you're still on air. You're still here. You're doing your thing. All right, we got about six minutes left. Let me remind everybody, if you haven't been with me uh, the last few weeks, on Tuesdays I have the female power panel on now, and uh, they're a hoot to have on. I'm just yeah. saying. Dallas you're Green. Yeah, Dallas Green is in. Elizabeth Sotolaro, who has always been on Tuesdays with me. And then uh, Heather Beach is uh, also part of that. That is Wayne's daughter. And she does a great job on the air. Uh, here on the power panel, we have Simone who comes on now every other week. She would be on next week. She won't be because it's Labor Day, so there is no show. We'll be doing a, a special on Labor Day, and then I'll play um, something, maybe today's show, a half hour, and uh, with Graber and, and something else. So anyway, we got... Get all that coming up your your way here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick show, but it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm going on vacation. I'm leaving on the ninth, so you'll know. Uh, don't go to my house thinking you're going to move all my furniture out and stuff. That's not going to happen. There's somebody who will be at the house, all right, <laughs> and they know how to use my 12 gauge pump as well as I do. So uh, don't try to do anything uh, foolish. You don't want to do that, but. Uh, I'll be gone the 9th. I'll be back in the studio on the 27th. That's when I'll be back. I take all my time off at one slot is what I do. All right. So what do you got planned uh, for the rest of the day there, sir? I'll go to go to go work. To Sunday, go to work. Yeah, go to work. <laughs> We're taking our, our group to uh, Branson, everybody that can go. We had a good year last year. We thank all of our customers and all our hardworking team. And uh, so we're taking our group to Branson over the holidays. Oh, you're leaving? When are you leaving? Uh, we're leaving Friday. All right. Going to have a three-day weekend up there? Three-day weekend in Branson with the with the Sunnies team. Very cool. So stay and, away from Silver Dollar City. And <laughs> JYDs are moving in. And I'm planning on going. 
And I'm planning on going to the Pulaski County Election Commission meeting tonight. It'll be some... Uh, uh, That'll be fun. There's always always flashes of lightning at that meeting. Especially now. I mean, uh, uh, there's going to be a, a vote on a uh, on some uh, new new rules in the Election Commission uh, that they, they want to bring up. And also uh, uh, some status on... you got like three or four elections that are coming up here in Little Rock. Well, that, you got a special one... One cent tax that they want you to put in. Yeah, September 14th. 14th. Yeah, and then you got uh, one in November 2nd, another one November oh, Listen to that, how many are running? And don't forget that if you don't vote for that November 14th tax increase, we can't bring zebra, or not zebras, pardon me, uh, we, can't, we can't bring those big, long-necked uh, animals into the zoo. Yeah, the giraffes. <laughs> I'll tell you something. <laughs> if you'll go... If you, I guess, I guess they got a bargain deal on giraffes. It must have been over at uh, what you call it over at uh, uh, Michael Jackson's old place. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he's got giraffes. Was that Wonderland? Is yeah, that what it was called? Something like that. Yeah. But anyway, I think uh, just staying within the political arena, and, and uh, there's a couple school boards coming up, meetings that are coming up around the state that uh, over the mass mandate as well as uh, I think maybe even some CRT. Things. And get ready because after Monday. A lot of politicians are going to start saying they're going to start politicking around you. All yeah, right? they're already started. And it's yeah. going to be going like crazy because uh, May of next year, of course, is going to be the primary. primary. And then November is the election next year. And everybody is up here in the state except for Tom Cotton. Just so you know. All right. Wayne, thanks for coming in. I asked you last night if you'd join us. You said yes, and I appreciate that. I, I appreciate the, the invite. And then uh, we thank you, Artie. As normal, you're here, and uh, you make some very, very critical uh, points uh, that people need to keep in mind. Don't forget that book, Debunking the 1619 uh, Project by uh, Dr. Mary Graver. Add that to your library. I'm Dave Ellswick. See you at 6 a.m. tomorrow right here on 1011 FM, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 